I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, here to break down Six Nations Week 2. And what a weekend of rugby it was. Uh, just a quick reminder, you're listening, I imagine, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Acast, or on other podcast providers like uh, Podbean, Stitcher... One of them. One of any of them. But thank you. Hit subscribe, uh, tell your mates, and thank you very much. I'm Tim, JB is here. Hello, Timothy. Uh, Phil is there. Hello, Tim. Now, I just want to highlight the the commitment. Just big us up for a minute. Um, well, yes. I mean, I'd say big us up a bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, absolutely, because... No, no, actually, that's not fair. You've been working all weekend. Uh, no, that's fine. The time now is 12.49am <laughs> on Monday the 12th of February. JB and Phil have just jetted in and taxied across from Madrid and Liverpool back to the rugby dungeon. Yeah. Uh, I've been on a plane as well today. Um, Ooh. From uh, from Heathrow to Manchester, not quite as not quite as uh, uh, long a journey, um, but we'll, we'll find out exactly what they were doing there in a little bit. But yes. firstly, just to check, did you manage to catch all the Six Nations rugby? Uh, the majority of it, not all of Ireland, Italy. Yeah, second we, half, we, but like, who cares? We were working hard for the first half of Ireland, Italy, but we caught the end of it and we watched all the highlights and caught up with it. Oh, but watched, well watched everything else live. Well, uh, obviously the problem with this podcast is going to be there wasn't too many um, big talking points to, uh, to to get our teeth into. Ooh. <laughs> We're going to have to start England-Wales, aren't we? What a game. Well, it's kind of, it was such a strange game. It was such a, like, it was so tactical. Or so, no, so strategic, actually. Um, I, I, so many conflicting thoughts on this game. Mm. <laughs> but yeah... <laughs> Where do we start with this game? Do, do we start with the start? And... Well, no, start before the start. Okay. Because before the start, it was like the gut punch of Lee Halfpenny not being available, which was, you know, I think, like, basically, everyone's hearts just sunk immediately. Tim, what was your first radio job? Uh, it was at weekends on GWR Bristol. Which is now heart. Did you get paid pay, paid for it? Your first one. Not very much, but yeah. Uh, wasn't it late at night? 
Oh, I, oh, oh, the first one I did up here in Manchester was an overnight, Saturday night into Sunday morning, six hour long show. No, it wasn't. Yeah. 1am till 7am. Because I'm, I'm struggling to find the right words now. I don't know how you would do it if you were live on air. At least we can edit this. <laughs> how I would do what? As in just talk for six hours interspersed with some music. Oh, I was going to say, fortunately, it's that, like, that there are people that do four-hour overnight speech shows that don't have songs that they can save <laughs> themselves with them when they've run out of things to say. I don't know how you do that. But, but yeah, so, yeah, very conflicted about this game, is what I was going to say. And then, so, so obviously, Lee Harpenny dropped out. Yeah. Infected foot. And uh, it just I think it took down the enthusiasm for the, for the Welsh fans, certainly myself, who was backing Wales this particular time. Or uh, gave you a 10%. convenient excuse, should England have won? I'm talking, no, about, no. I'm talking about how it was before the game. Uh, well, there wasn't much hope that Ans- Anscombe was going to come in and replace Lee Halfpenny. But, you know, hats off to him. He was brilliant for the last 20. I, I thought Anscombe was one of the better players on the he pitch. Was. Yeah, uh, he was. From, from both teams. The, the only area that I think... Wales did miss half penny was the taking a high ball in the aerial battle yeah which I think the England back three were outstanding at that was probably the their strongest uh, element of their game and England's kicking game they clearly from minute one and I think it's the second half penny was out they said right dial up that kicking game let's just get at them do you think it was effective yeah and well, I, 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 yeah, well, both tries came from that sort of pressure. Ah, okay, so the first try I thought was a very different type of kick to the one that they were doing most of the game. Oh, so, but they were finding grass all game long. Yeah, they were. Yes, that is and, fair. And so JB and I were looking at it. We we actually we actually thought during the game they were trying to find grass and keep the ball in field. Yeah, definitely. So, so there's a lot of times when they put a lot of bombs up. And they also put a lot of kind of diagonal kicks, which would normally be trying to get the ball into touch so Wales have got a line out on their five-metre line, on their ten-metre line. Uh, they were stopping it. So there's n- numerous times where Farrell could have put enough power to put the ball out, but he actually kind of landed it in that in the 20, 20 metres from the touchline in the 22 to almost force Steph Evans or Anscombe or actually more frequently Patchell to have to kick the ball out and this was like a conspiracy theory so my thought about this was they're doing this not to get the benefit from this but waiting for the waiting for the counter from Wales to get the benefit from that well I I just thought actually they went Steph Evans Gareth Ainscombe Josh Adams, very, very inexperienced it, test back three. Yeah. Let's get at them. And they did. And I, I don't thought think they did. They, they totally did. And both yeah. and Wales wingers mm. looked like rabbits in headlights. No, they were, yeah, disagree. they did. They were terrified well, of those kicks. They they were absolutely, they didn't know what to do. I think in the contested area. That's contested, where the game was won. No, it definitely wasn't. In the, in the contested aerial battle, um, England hammered Wales. I don't think there's much of a doubt on that. But how effective were those kicks? Well... They didn't give away any penalties. They didn't give away much ground Pe- from it. Well, they, yeah, penalties, you know, penalties is a completely different well, situation. Yeah, if, if they're trying to play, play out, um, you know, England scored. I mean, that, that first try was just pure class from Owen Farrell to look up and find that space and and to ex- execute the whole thing. And then the second try, they were beating down the door. And but they you say over. that, but look again, and Adams was completely out of position. And I think as a direct result of the fact that they, they didn't know where to stand, what to do, because they were just at sixes and sevens. No, I didn't Their, see their that. positioning was all over the place. So I think England were trying to bait them 
to to drop that man deep permanently, and they weren't ba- and they weren't taking that bait. And if they had, you'd have seen a different approach from England then. That's why I think the plan go, was. Go back and look at the tries. I think, I think you'll see they were just woefully out of position and I think it was because they just... And, and, and they, they took advantage of a weak area for Wales in terms of experience and I, I, say, I say fair play for that one. It, it's weird though, all the talk we have of England as the finishers in the last 20 minutes, they only scored points in the first 20 minutes. It was quite weird. Yeah, yeah. Wales and grew into it. Yeah, England did show it. It, it was a bit worrying that it, it did look like fitness... From England, yeah, which is supposed to be one of the, the areas where they're particularly good at. Eddie Jones did say, "Well, that was the six-day turnaround." Yeah, I'll behave uh, um, away in Italy as well. No, yeah, travel. Yeah, I'm not. I know, I know why could, Eddie Jones will give that excuse. But it could be going back to what we talked about: English clubs in Champions Cup. They've actually these players involved for England have been. They've played a lot of. Rugby. Played, they've played more rugby than any other players in the Six Nations. That would be a, that for me would be a better excuse for him. Yeah. Um, now, but I'm not. In, I'm not. In, I'm not in the. Uh, I'm not interested in making excuses. <laughs> just remember that, um, Wales fans. Well, yes. I mean, I, just remember. I look at this game from this point of view. If I was an England fan, England won that game basically because. Sam Underhill might have made the greatest tackle of all time. I've been thinking about that. I want it, we should rename him Wonderhill. Wonderhill, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was an incredible tra- tackle to stop what would have been a remarkable I try. I have never seen anything like it. Ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. It's, it was the way that... So, Scott Williams did exactly what he had to do. He knew that he was going to get hit, so he slid yeah. early. But Underhill just anticipated it scooped him and yep. rolled it, him it was the control force. with which he grabbed his hip and yeah, pulled and with his hand it was incredible I, I don't think so when I saw it I hit I hit the table with fury because I had a bet on and um, <laughs> I, and then you watch it again you think that there was nothing Williams can do better in that situation he and he's exactly a bloody right, yeah. strong bloke as well yeah I get yeah. that but the more I watch it the more I wish Underhill had missed him because the more I think he's not making it to the try line I, he dived early didn't he he did dive he did early dive. and Twickenham is particularly Sticky. solid surface apparently and well they have got like a 5% uh, artificial fibre weave yeah. in there now so, now it was pretty grievi- greasy though wasn't it it, it was but he, he he seemed to hit the ground and slow the more I've wa- the more I watch it the more I think he's not <laughs> getting to the try line and I'd love to have seen that yeah I mean if he does slow considerably maybe he might have been better off to just run it in yeah well but, we, like, you we'll, know, look, we'll look, never know but, so you mentioned that as one of the things that prevented a Wales win uh, another Alan Wynne Jones' decision making, but Alan, Wynne, I'm yeah. so glad you said that again, Phil. again, because we talked about this last year. We did, we did. So, and, and Alan Wynne Jones, so I think he's playing superbly. I thought he's the best player on the park. I, th- I thought he was outstanding. Well, Owen Farrell was the best player on the park. Nah, so hundred percent. Well, but anyway, yeah, Alan, Alan Wynne Jones, he's playing superbly. His stuff in, with the media this week was superb. It was outstanding. Yep. Yeah, his reaction to the Eddie Jones criticism calling him Uncle Eddie I thought was a brilliant way to handle it and completely diffuse anything that Eddie Jones Even I loved his little slap that he gave Maru Itoji yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great that as was well. a, such a wind up <laughs> yeah. that was the kind of thing that if Itoji was on the verge of losing his cool that would have been he, that'd be it. That'd he, be it. he would have yeah. lost it so Alan Jones virtually everything he's done has been brilliant there was at least a couple of kickable penalties that he turned yes. down and went for the corner Yeah, and he did this last year yeah and hindsight is a very easy thing, but 
he, the decisions he got them wrong. But think about Rob Shaw, the amount the amount he got absolutely mullered for it. Yeah, but they were sec- they were what second favourites for, for the World Cup at the time. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, okay. Well, uh, well, no, he should be. They should both be criticised heavily yeah. for it. Yeah. Alan Wynne George should be criticised. No very one's, men- no for one's that. mentioned it, and I, I've got it written down on my bit of paper, and I um, and I'm really glad Phil brought it up because I think Alan Wynne Jones should get criticised for that leadership or well those decisions. I think he should because yeah. it was wrong, and that that's at least probably more. Yeah, they go in at like nine. 12 at half time it's a different game entirely isn't it well yeah. let's talk about the other big decision then the the the, the try that would never was for Gareth Ainscombe yeah well it's not a knock on that's that's to start with well well hold on let's 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 take this let's take this in order so the first thing is the first thing that I've seen loads of people saying is oh that that cost us the game can we just remember uh, the referee was playing advantage from which they then got a penalty so at best even if you get the touchline conversion, at it's best, a four, yeah, four point. Y- you still are behind. It's twelve ten, I think, or yeah, twelve. Mm. Uh, yeah, 12, yeah, it'd be 10. an additional four points. It would be twelve. Yeah, additional four if points. You slot the so you don't conversion. you don't win the game from that try, and and also, I I would just point to guys like Rob Baxter. Um, I'm just trying to think. Mark McCall. And the way they respond to similar situations is to say, well, we didn't take care of business ourselves, so yeah, exactly. we've got ourselves to blame, and there's far more weaker control than we don't want to leave it in the hands of a TMO. Yeah. So I think it's it's weak-minded to go so big on it. I understand why, but... Who, who, who are you talking about? Have you, have you, you looked have, at social media in the last have, couple of days? Have you made up an enemy? Um, have you got an imaginary enemy in your mind that you're no, taking probably, down here? No, no, it's 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 the general outrage of social media. Have you been and, reading the Wales Online? And Wales Online. <laughs> Wales Online. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if there is outrage, and I haven't seen it, uh, it's misplaced. There, there yeah. is a lot of outrage, I, exactly. I can confirm, yeah. It's just, I don't think it's a knock-on. I think it's probably a try. So, so firstly, on the grounding... Yes, it, it, it aims. Yes, now, now some, some people have gone. Oh, well, there's no downward pressure. There's no control. Where, if you're in possession of the ball, you have to place the ball with control and remain in control. Yep. If you're, if the ball is loose, and you, all you have to do is touch it, that's the law. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so I, on that basis, it's a try. Try. Yeah. The, the ground in which is which that was the decision that the TMO. He got that decision wrong. Just and he came, he came, came 12,000 miles to get that decision wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Come again. However, the, the the new piece of evidence, which was a, a potential knock-on from Steph Evans, it ricocheted off his knee, but has been shown to have touched his finger as well. But if it touches his finger first, then isn't it? It's fine. No. Now we were discussing this in the airport. No, 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 no. I know because what you're suggesting is it's like kicking a ball. Yes. yes. No. Because it's got to be under control first. You have to physically drop the ball deliberately for it not for it not to be a knock on. Ah. You can't just touch it because if if you knocked it on with your hand but then reached out and kicked it with your foot, that wouldn't be a fair kick. That would be knock on. You have to drop it onto your foot or yeah. Because I'm or certain leg. that I have yeah. knocked it on and kicked it, and then it it's come back from for a scrum. I'm sure yeah. I've seen that. So, I'm actually calling it that, in my opinion. And and again, this is it's such tiny margins, and I don't blame the TMO for not spotting but, I mean, this. Even, but knock on. It's a knock on. But even so, with just back the, in your box. Yeah, even with the blown up pictures at you know, 1 20th speed, you still have to look at it three or four times yeah. and think, 
you know, are we sure his finger didn't touch the side of his thigh? You know, I'm thinking, hmm. But if we just deal with facts, so I'm not saying, I just said, I don't mind the TMO didn't clock that, but if it can just stop the outrage and just simmer Wales fans a little bit who feel aggrieved, <laughs> it was a knock-on. Yeah. It was a knock-on. Let's all calm down. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, let's all calm down anyway, because good teams... I, I, I think you need to calm down, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You've been out, I wish I was out of the country the last day or so. I really do. Jeez. Uh, right. Um, yeah, so... To, uh, so, to summarise, I think, on the performances, OK, Wales did far better than most people expected. I expected them to win. Yeah. Oh, right. OK. Um, so, didn't meet my expectations. I thought England did pretty well but I'm still going with downfall 2018 doubling down doubling down Hmm. and it's based on this I mean did you see anything did you think England had improved on last year Uh, uh, well no they've they've continued from last year as in they keep keep winning games so okay so if you're taking that they keep winning games routine that's fine well that's how you win a World Cup well that's fine I mean you can do that I think most coaches and most people and most people involved in the game would be looking at the performance rather than the result. Like that is a very Rob, that is the Rob Baxter mentality. It's all about performance, not not result. And if you look at that, do you see England developing? I, I honestly don't think I do. Do you see them going backwards? They're not going forwards. I don't know if that's the same thing. Yeah, but but not going forwards from a position of losing one game in two and a half years. Isn't a bad position to stay to stay in. No, but when you're watching these games, like you watch, I watched uh, France Scotland today, and you're seeing how the Scarlets are playing and how it's rubbing off on Wales. And I'm looking at the two favourites for the tournament, which are obviously England and Ireland. And I'm thinking these guys aren't quite keeping up. They're playing in a certain muscular, powerful way, but they're not really embracing the fast offloading game, which seems to be developing everywhere else. So if they are just staying still. Maybe they all get going backwards. I mean, Ireland were nearly caught completely unawares by France. So, well, I, I will say that I think Wales now are a better team than they were two years Wales ago. Wales nearly on the weekend scored one of the best international tries of yeah. all time. So, if the point is valid that if England are staying still, and I'm not saying they are static, 2018. If, if they're <laughs> yeah. not downfall, yeah. if they're static and everyone else is improving, or certainly some of their competitors are improving, then they are going backwards. Mm. It relatively. Now it's an it's an interesting question. The the improving thing. I think there's some areas where you can say they are definitely improving, mm. and that is, I think the depth of their squad. It's huge. So having so two years ago. Well, in the World Cup, it was Billy Vanapola and Ben Morgan as the first two choice number eights, for example. Yep. And now you've got Billy, Nathan and Sam Simmons. So that is a market improvement. And that's just one example of a position. There's the same in multiple positions the across the park. bloody tight heads. Yeah. Tight heads, loose heads, maybe not hookers. Maybe they've not got, They've possibly got the best uh, stable of locks in the world. Yep. Uh, they're bringing guys like... Underhill, um, who was superb when he came on, and, and Simmons, He's amazing. And the, their back line, apart from twelve, they've got options in every position. Yeah, uh, yeah. and of twelve, I guess you've got To. So, yeah. So, I mean, I was watching their their attack is of particular concern to me, as it doesn't really exist. 
Um, it, they were ponderous. They were slow. They were very shallow. They seemed. I'm not. I'm, I'm just not having this. We've just beaten <laughs> Wales. We've just beaten Wales. Forget the score. It's Six Nations, and we've just won two two games. Yeah, but what you're forgetting, Tim, is this narrative. It, does it fit this... my narrative or not? Yeah, that, that's what you've not put it through the filter. Yeah, <laughs> the so news filter. JBB and negative fits his previous narrative exactly. So exactly. It's got to continue. Yes. All right. Well, I'm, I look forward. <laughs> I look forward to him eating his words. Somehow, England will have uh, four good wins and narrowly lose to Ireland, and then we'll go. See, I told you. Down <laughs> Downfall twenty eighteen. Well, I, I, you know, I can see a scenario. I don't actually think England are going to win the game. Or win. All of the games. They won't get a Grand Slam, in my opinion. Yeah, Murrayfield's going to be a tough ask. But I can see a scenario if England did get a Grand Slam... And JB would still be going on the, because the, because they're not playing the right they're not playing the right rugby it's, or they almost lost to Wales. Gonna, they're going to collapse before this world, before the World Cup. They're going to collapse. I right. predict this this year. Uh, just a few tweets we've had in. Uh, Max says, um, "Sorry, um, Rogamol," and we don't have to go into any of these. Uh, Rogamol says, "When will Wales learn to kick the ball to touch?" Um, yeah, their kicking game was awful. Um, I think we covered that one off. Um, Nick Checkets. Uh, how did England manage to look so good in attack but not put pressure into points? I don't think they did. Yeah, I yeah, don't think I they look sure about that. Yeah, I don't think they look great in attack. Um, there were moments, but they were few what, and far what was, between. What was the best attacking moment? Probably the offload for the try. That was that was very nice bit of skill actually. The offload for the try or the that the kick across from Faz for the other try. Yeah, yeah, two individual brilliant moments. That, I, I do like that Ford Farrell thing. Just seems they're telepathic those two. No, they're I, not. I, I really like them. Together. I don't think I, I don't think they look impressive at all doing that. I think they've. I think it's someone so much been made of this wraparound as if no one's ever done it before, and they no, don't even do it well. The bit that they do well, which they've done in both the games, is so I've. N- Obviously, with Farrell playing 10, you never see him picking a line off a 10. No. But he does that very well for Ford. And Ford creates the gap and he hits I'll t- it. I'll tell you another He's down- done that a few times. I'll tell you another downside, which I'm very worried about, is actually Farrell at 12 full stop. His tackling is not good enough. What are you talking about? He 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 caused several turnovers from big hits. Well, that's a problem. He is... Oh, um, it's, a, it's a real problem that he's no. hitting too hard. OK, then. So, it's... It's the erraticness. So I, I am with JB on this a little bit on Owen Farrell. Um, he he tries big hits too frequently and he ends up missing. So he occasionally, like the one on Shingler, where he, yeah. he forced a turnover. Do you know what his stats were in terms of tackles? No. Anyone want to guess? Not sure. He missed at least three. He, he, had, he gave a world-class performance would be my caveat, but go on. He missed seven tackles. Okay. What? Yeah. That's not, that's not good enough. That's, That's not just good. not, that is good not great. Okay, he was he was man of the match, world class uh, player. Um, he, he was well. Mike Brown was man of the match. Mike Brown was man of the match. But who's your man of the match? Uh, Owen he, Farrell. He's ma- he's man of the match of your hearts. So I, I I thought Owen Farrell did have overall a good game. Yeah. But t- some of his some of his kicking wasn't wasn't amazing. But there was more good than bad. Yeah. And some of his lines were great. Some of his passing was good. Tackling is an area of concern for me, and I really like Fazers as a twelve. I think yeah, yeah I. I do like a lot of what he brings. In fact, I love almost all of what what, what he brings. He's a phenomenal player. I, there's something about his mindset because he's so combative that I think he goes hunting for those hits rather than just thinking about completing his tackles. Okay, uh, Imogen says, "Who hates the media more, Eddie Jones or Donald Trump?" Which which media? Because <laughs> if it's Wales Online, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you see any of Eddie Jones's post match chats with Chris? I've seen the Chris Jones oh, full interview. Brilliant, brilliant. 
I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get his anger towards Chris Jones. <laughs> yeah, Chris Jones is a nice fella. Yeah, he's a good interviewer as well, Chris yeah. Jones. Um, yeah, I think Eddie kind of wanted to say something, like, you know, very Eddie-ish, like something which... Um, uh, just a little bit of a, zi- a little bit of a zinger, a memorable comment, and he probably got it a bit wrong, and then he's forced to back up his comment. And he didn't seem like he like really thought it through. He was very frosty with uh, Sonia McLaughlin on the television as well. Was he? Yeah, yeah, we, I, we missed that. I think he was very frustrated by the game, and I, I think can he see was. That, I think yeah. he was bracing himself for all the TMO chat. Mm. He also was. Various people were bringing up with him again the stuff that he'd said in the week beforehand and his kind of approach was Look, I'm going to talk about the game now if you want to talk about the other stuff I'm not interested I'll talk about the game uh, so then people asked him about the TMO and he went that's not nothing to do with me the TMO's there to make a decision he made a decision so I think he was a bit a bit frosty in general but then um, just wanted to and, and this is on BT Sport he did an interview recently with Ali Eakin and he said when I talk to you I'm not talking to you I'm talking to my players because I'm, yeah. I'm fully aware that their families, their wives, or whatever, they all hear this. They'll all tell them if they don't see it, if they don't see this, someone will tell them what I've said. So I'm giving them messages all the time. So he was him going so big on Mike Brown and going, "Oh, all you media, fair dinkum, all you media, yeah. you all, you all tell, think you can do a better job of selecting." And now, when he's had a good game, you're all on the bandwagon. Mike Brown's been brilliant for 23 tests. Um, well, he hasn't been brilliant. He's been good. I mean- <laughs> He's okay. Well, no, yeah. Let's not get into that specific point. Let's not run through Mike Brown's last 23 tests. No, no, let's. Let's go game by game. So I think there's another... So on that note, I think there's another part to this which is actually getting a message to the players that he was not happy with their performance overall. Yeah, I'm he's, amazed. He's happy with the win, but not with the way it went. Because to go two tries up in the first 20 minutes and then be fighting for your life at the end of the game is probably not good enough. Yeah, and if you work out, like, how hard the England coaches work, how hard he gets the England players to work, if you look at him in the stadium when he's absolutely losing his mind for stupid decisions that the England players have made, and then he goes and tells Chris Jones, I I thought our backs were absolutely spot on. No, no, he said Mike Brown was outstanding. No, he, he said the backs were world class today. He, the, his his main point where he was saying, "Oh, where yeah, I mean, later, goes all you media." Yeah, later you, you on, you think you can do. You think you stop, can do. He says, "My my uh, my my backs were brilliant or world class today." Um, and I don't I don't think that's the message England players will get when they go to training. Hmm. No, I'm sure it won't be. Um, will Howe said um, it was a bit, and I I noticed this actually. Mm-hmm. Wales only had two penalties the whole game, which is remarkably low. It, it is remarkably low. And I know that Gar says plays things quite loose at the breakdown, but I I thought he had, it was an absolute shambles the breakdown. And also I noticed <laughs> Jerome Gar says giving Wales like tutorials on the now next time remember just do this. But it was like no no you're, you're in an international cauldron here. Get on and blow the whistle or let the boys play. Um, as long as he's consistent for both sides, I don't see yeah, a problem with it. He's done it before, but but this is an interesting stat. I mean, would you like to see more penalties? Is that what you're saying? No, I'd, I, Con- I'd, I'd rather not see a ref coaching players when it's England Wales in the Six Nations. Well, if if say- it's an infringement, give a penalty. Otherwise, pre- yeah, I mean, like roll away isn't coaching, is it? No, that's that, that's not giving them a tutorial. It was like after a breakdown, he was having a long chat with them. Anyway, England v Wales mm-hmm. um, tied the lowest scoring Six Nations game ever in the Six Nations. Is that era. right? Yeah, the other one was Ireland v England six. 12 Amazing. In 2013, Gar says ref both games. Interesting. 
So, I mean, it's, I w- it's clear I- Gortas needs to be burned. There was one... So th- there were a few penalties where I thought there was some inconsistency with the way it was refereed. So I think England could have had a few more penalties. With that said, probably not that many. No. Um, and Wales deserve huge amount of credit for the, just the number of times that England got into the red zone and had phase after phase after phase. Yeah. Uh, of pretty low risk, pretty limited rugby presumably looking to draw out a penalty and Wales did not bite at no. all. Wales were, were remarkably good actually. There was, there was one there was one that I will mention with Gar says that really annoyed me though, which was when uh I think it was one of the kickable penalties that Wales had, where the ball rolls out of the back of the rook. Gars, yes. Gar says puts both hands in the air and then he sig- penalizes signals, the guy. Si- signalizes ball out. Robshaw, I think it was, jumps on the ball. No, penalty. Like that inconsistency is Awful. Yeah, that was terrible reffing. Yeah. Uh, it's out. Oh, no, not for you, it's not. Yeah, no. <laughs> Kieran John uh, tweeted us at Rugby Podcast and said um, he, he wasn't trying to whip up the, the whole TMO thing, but did say, um, it's interesting hearing the number of Welsh fans bemoaning the TMO, very quickly forgetting the benefit they got from it the week previous. And it did remind me that one of the phrases, one of the ways that I heard people on television, pundits and people and, and, and Welsh... Um, based people talking about it was yeah we probably got lucky on that uh, on that forward pass for the for the for the uh, Steph Evans try but these things even themselves out over time exactly don't, <laughs> don't don't worry about it exactly I just I wish the the chat on the TMO could all stop so. well I mean we we could make it stop you know on this podcast <laughs> yeah you're right actually you, you make a very good we, point we have that power <laughs> <laughs> you make a very good point um, right before we get into why you were on a plane and what you've been up to. Uh, Robert Swain, or was it Richard Swain? I'll, I'll get the name. Has um, was listening when you wanted to come up with a game for Shingler's List. Oh yes, we had the name first, but we couldn't <laughs> think of. JB came up with the idea with the name, and then we couldn't think of what to do with it. Well, Richard has come up with. Hold on a minute. Where is it? Oh, for goodness' sake! Now you told me the name of this game before. Oh, I know. I know what it's called, but before before I got the questions, I. I saved it. I did it on the notes on my... Okay, it's called Laws and Order. It's just a name first. He said, here's a name for you, Laws and Order. He also, he also said... Um, oh, is this to do with Courtney Laws? Yes. Even better. He also said, and I couldn't think of a game for this one, but I've thought of one for Laws and Order, um, but um, Clock Stopped and Two um, Smoking Farrells. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, there but, you go. But I can't think of a game for that. <laughs> no. I can't think of one for uh, for laws and order. So it's a quick quiz yes, where please. we go over Courtney Laws's misdemeanors in the past. Perfect. So laws and order. Question number one: In the 2011 Rugby World Cup, Courtney Laws was fined five thousand pounds. Why was he really? Yeah, 2011. 2000, in the 2011 World Cup, 2011 World Cup, during a game, something happened, or there was yeah. there was some thing was, which meant he got a five thousand pound fine. Was it? He wasn't alone in getting a fine, by the way. What? Yeah, was it? Um, Girls in bedrooms? No, no. <laughs> um, was it unauthorized sponsorship on a gum shield? Or- Correct, Philip. Wow. Lager. Correct, it was uh, Manny Tuolangi and then I think it was Lewis Moody and 
Courtney Laws, Courtney Laws all got fined £5,000. Bloody hell. Wow. So it was an expensive uh, tour for Manu Tuilagi because presumably they got fined for jumping in, jumping off the boat into the <laughs> marina as well. So how, I've got a question for you, right? Does this... Is this a good... Is it a good move for Manu Tuilagi to do those things? Because, yes, of course, it costs you money in fines. But when you're in the after-dinner sp- uh, circuit <laughs> spe- um, speech circuit, at five grand the dinner... Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. It's all, all of a sudden a very good business decision. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Uh, so next question. <clears throat> this is not, not a misdemeanour or anything, what the, but a Daily Mail journalist, after a particular tackle, said that Courtney Laws was the reason why parents don't want their children to play rugby. Who was he tackling? <sighs> Who, oh. who did he tackle that caused that response? It, I know, it is Little Morgan Power. No, it, well, in the game you're thinking of, it was Jules Pleason that yeah. he smashed. The Pleason one was yeah. just where he treated him like a rag doll. Yes. He's absolutely destroyed Morgan Power before as well. 2-0 mm. to Phil. How many red cards has Courtney had in his professional career? <sighs> two. Ooh, I was going to go for two as well. Hmm. One. None. No. Really? And final question, Ooh. which is worth two points. Uh, in the 2011 World Cup, Courtney Laws was suspended. Well, just prior to the 2011 World Cup, he was suspended for two weeks for a knee to the back of Argentine hooker Mario Ledesma, which meant he missed England's opening two pool games against Tier 2 nations. Can you name the two Tier 2 nations? Which year? 2011. So it was the opening two pool games in the World Cup. It was two Tier 2 nations. They played Scotland and Argentina... But they're not tier two nations. Also, oh, it was in the Argentina. It was in the first match, and he missed the next two. Um, mm. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Ledesma. And uh, hmm. Tonga. No. Hang on. Where, where was this? This, this was, was New Zealand. New Zealand. Twenty eleven. Not Canada. Not Romania. <coughs> USA and. And Fiji. USA and Fiji, and Phil's going for. I think USA is right, but not Fiji. No, because hang on, Fiji. I'm going to go USA and Tonga. It is Romania and Georgia. Oh, wow. God, completely wrong. Wow. <laughs> Tell you what, you fast forward eight years, and that's a bloody hard pull now. Mm. <laughs> to the two teams we went to see in our Tier 2 tour. Last year, during the Six Nations tournament, what an incredible segue this is. And what have you boys been doing in Madrid? I mean, as we speak now, it's <laughs> right. 20, 20 past one in the morning. So um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you exactly what we're doing. But before we do that, tell everyone about Cornerstone. Cornerstone? The best razor you can get, we believe. And we believe you'll agree if you take us up on our amazing offer that we can give to you a beautiful Cornerstone razor delivered to you in a presentation box with a cartridge full of six razors and a free engraved aluminium heavy weighty metal shaft. None of this plastic nonsense that some of Cornerstone's Johnny Come Lately competitors try and flog you. This is the real deal. And for four quid is what you can get it for because you listen to us. We've got this great deal for you. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. No obligation. We think you'll want to continue though. Uh, so for just four quid, less than a pint, Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or. Egg 10 at checkout. Do remember Egg 10 at checkout. Oh, well, what a week we've had. So, 
We have got our live show, which is coming up. Now, there are a few things about the live on, show. On our Tier 2 tour. On the Tier 2 show, tour, okay? We only do one of these things a, a year. They're extremely special, and it's a bit of a thank you back to all the people that listen to us and support us you know, continually year-round. So last year, we... We hit on what we think is a winning idea, which was to do the show in the morning before the game and then everyone goes to the game, which is easy when it's a, th- when it's a three o'clock game. The game being Spain-Germany this year. Yes. Yeah. Which it, was the deciding Romania v Georgia last year. Correct. It's a little bit more di- difficult when the game kicks off at half past 12, which means we needed a half 10 start. So after agreeing... Which with time difference is 11.30am UK time. No, no, no 9.30. 9:30. Okay. So, um... Oh, right, yeah, so, yeah, got you. There's a couple of licensing issues, and it turns out that I need to head over to Spain to uh, uh, iron a few things out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we we get over there, and uh, it turns out having a live show at 10.30 in the morning is not only highly illegal to the, to the Spanish authorities in that area of Spain, but it's also highly improbable, uh, improbable anyone's going to make it. We didn't even get up till half ten. <laughs> is it some religious thing because it's a Sunday? Don't know. So th- there are places open, but I think it's special licensing. So yeah. so this place, the place that we are using, O'Neill's, can't even let people into their building until half time. Yeah, we were like, can you serve us coffees? Nope, absolutely not. We can't do a- any of that stuff. Wow. So me, and, so me and Phil got our walking boots on, and you know, according to my pedometer, we did something like 25,000 steps. Uh, that, was on sat- uh, that was on Saturday, going bar to bar, and you won't believe this, Tim, but 250 people are a lot of people. It's a substantial amount of people. It but is. not as substantial as the charges levied by hotels, if you want to use their <laughs> conferencing facilities. So we're going, uh, we're basically going from hotel to hotel saying um, conferencing facility, uh, otherwise known as sala... Oh, Confidency ants or something? <laughs> Muchos beers. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Email, phone a number, phone a number. <laughs> so we we did find some alternative venues. And then we went back, and then the next morning when we when we woke up at ten ten thirty inadvertently, <laughs> thinking fuck. Oh, sorry. Thinking. Uh, <laughs> oh no! In for three, four weeks' time, we're going to have to do a live show. This is a little bit of a realization for us that. Um, um, and that was after a, a relatively quiet night and, yes. a, and a full day of working. Yes, a very quiet night by uh, normal standards. We thought, oh, maybe we should move it. So, here is the update which you all want to know about. We are going to all watch the games at, on the on the on the Saturday on the in Saturday. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so the, we are going to two ner- matches that are on the Saturday. Yeah, we are going to nerd out and, pre- and, and and prepare. Then we are all on the Sunday. Going to go to the game. It kicks off at half twelve, which will come round pretty sharpish on a hangover. Yeah, and and we did have um, a nice little stroll out oh, to, to the stadium. We'll talk about that in a minute. What a stadium! What a stadium! The pictures look good. Oh, it's beautiful there. It really is. So, um, so how di- close to the city centre is that? No, oh, I think ten minutes. Yeah, it's about ten quid in a taxi. Oh, it, nice. It's it's a uh, you could walk it from the centre, but it's about. Two miles, and three miles, something like that. Like so right by the university minutes. campus, the parks, that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. So, yes, uh, the stadium is pretty cool. Um, then we're going to go and watch the games, and then everyone can pile back, and that Wales game will be on TV in the venue. Watch the Wales game, and then shortly after um, the conclusion, of, the conclusion that, yeah. of that, we will show up with our 250 people there, and away we will go. So, 
the kickoff now for the live show is half six in the evening on Sunday. We'll put it all on our. We'll put it all on our Facebook yeah. page. Now I will um, say, advanced apologies if you booked with the intention of going home early on Sunday and this might be a problem for you. If that is the case, we'll try and make it up to you. We'll certainly refund you. Let's deal with this on yeah. Facebook because we're talking to a very small number of people there. But the point, 250, actually. But I'm more, more curious about um, Madrid and rugby. Oh, mate. I tell you now, it's one of the, the best stadiums. I mean, I say the best. You know, it isn't the Millennium Stadium. It doesn't have a roof. It will hold about 12,000. But it's something so quaint about it. It's obviously built quite quite a while ago. Yeah, and it's just in a nice... Uh, it's a relatively quiet area, but nice leafy surroundings, um, and just a very lovely pitch. The pitch was in yeah. great condition. Um, it's like it's all kind of um, manicured hedges around the sides. Yeah. It's I tell you what, it's going to be brilliant. So during well, the the week of panic, which I've endured now, <laughs> I have w- reached out to quite literally tens of people um, <laughs> around Spain. Now, tens doesn't sound many, but you know, try, try fielding like 80 different Facebook messages because this is what I'm doing. I'm stalking people on Facebook now, trying to find who's involved with Spanish rugby at a club level and sending them you know, pri- private messages. So um, we get there, and would you believe it, one of the guys I've been privately messaging is taking his little referee group out, and they're all having, uh, all having espressos discussing the Spain versus Russia, Russia. game. Yes. Um, yesterday so yeah we're already fairly notorious in the Madrid rugby community for uh... <laughs> for hassling referees when they're trying to enjoy <laughs> yeah. an espresso on a Sunday morning oh you're JB <laughs> <laughs> you had that reaction a couple of times actually this weekend so one of the cool things about the change of time could be well we can just extend an invitation to the German rugby federation and the spanish rugby and just say hey if you want to come and join us you make it sound like i've not already done that <laughs> or yeah well yeah exactly we can they, hey, or, well, or c- coming up you know the skippers of both sides come and be a guest at the podcast i'm pretty sure i could manage that i can the manage thir- both the things. third half in the in o'neill yeah and the special surprise is still still on yeah uh you know it's going to be an amazing it's going to be an amazing event and the more i think about it the better it is the time is at half it's half six quarters past six whatever it is so they there you go but I tell you what, it's just such a cool town. It's such a cool town. The stadium's great. They, the guys who we encountered around the stadium, uh, you know, if you like rugby in Spain, you you really like rugby in Spain. It's an absolute cult sport, and they reckon they're going to get twelve thousand there. Wow, twelve thousand, and they were pretty confident. It's not like yeah, we might, we might not. Twelve thousand. So it's going to be it's going to be hell of an afternoon. So uh, we got this message uh, here saying, um, rank the fans in fancy dress. From best to worst, you've got your English fans in chainmail. You've got your Scotland fans, who, on one part, they do the Braveheart thing, and others do the just the see you, Jimmy, the, the little tartan hats with the orange hair. Out yeah. yeah. Uh, Welsh fans in daffodil headgear, um, and and Irish fans, some some of them wear the leprechaun hat. You don't see too many of them Guinness hats as well, uh, and the the tricolour Afro wigs, which seem to be everywhere. No, fans. I'm sorry. There's only well, I know who's number one in the in the fancy dress stakes, and none of the ones which you've just mentioned. Oh, go on. Uh, it's it, it's the mental French person that brings an actual cockerel to the game. Oh yes. <laughs> I, I I don't uh, you know as a chicken owner myself, uh, I, I can't I can't tell you how cool that is. I mean. <laughs> Did, yeah, did, that's brilliant. Did they, did they spray one? No, no, that's just the big on the plinth in um, Trafalgar Square was blue. I was thinking there was a blue 
a blue cockerel at some point, but no, that's not right. Yeah, no, that but, would be some kind of animal cruelty. But I was going to say, but I'm sure, I'm sure Petter or Peter would have a problem, have a yeah, problem, have an issue with the, have an issue with the the, the cockerel at the, at the rugby grounds. But yeah, every they home game they have it. I'm pretty sure I could spray one of my chickens blue and no one would say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my chicken at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's number one. Uh, Daffodil's last. Chain yes, ma- Daffodil's last, absolutely. Yeah, um, good chain mail. Like, if you've really gone to town with your chain mail and yeah. it's actually made out of real chain mail, you, you know, that's pretty That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, what's the other... Scottish, oh, just, yeah, fine. You, Scottish, yeah. Uh, it's not entirely clear that they are in fancy dress when they when they come as uh, that, that Jimmy character. In fact, we were caught on a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, we were caught on a train. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> caught on a train. So, of the Glasgow. So, so yeah. Um, ex- extending our story to Madrid a little bit more because some of the details around the licensing have only just emerged this week. Uh, we kind of booked the the flights to Madrid at very very short notice uh, as in we only booked them Friday afternoon which meant that all of the flights from from and to Manchester were sold out so we had to fly out of Glasgow and fly back to Liverpool uh, 100 quid taxi back from Liverpool 75 quid train tickets Holy up, to, up, up to, to Glasgow but, three and a half hour train but just, I just, and let me just say, and they're regaling this story at half past one in the morning. This is the lengths we go to to bring you a podcast. <laughs> but the train up to uh, Glasgow on Friday night, there was a very, <laughs> well, he's certainly, he's probably a stereotypical, a very, if you rolled all of the negative uh, Scottish stereotypes together. This is our guy. This You've is, nailed him. The like people, the people I know from, bit. the people I know from Scotland are nothing like this chap. He was a, a bit of a nightmare. And he was singing sectarian football songs. He, he from was, both teams. Yeah, he was singing both Rangers and Celtic songs. And then, and the guy next to us was a uh, was a football fan, normal normal oh. normal Scottish chap. He's like he's singing both sets of songs. Well, you know, he's he's equally offensive to to all parties. <laughs> That's very thoughtful of him. Yeah, I yeah. Guess so. And there was a few other things. About taking drugs, uh, and oh, through, <laughs> taking drugs through his genitals. I mean, that that is a, 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 a his favourite pastime. Take, charming. Taking drugs through his genitals. Uh, there was quite a few comments about his parents' genitalia as well. Yeah, your dad's got a small something or other. Oh no, my dad. <laughs> yeah, my dad. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> and he got up right as we got into Glasgow. He got up and apologised to everyone for. Yeah. Making, well, you, if you were that aware of it, I mean, <laughs> oh, well, there you yeah. go. Interested, and they kept serving him beer, which is amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, uh, well, let, well, let's uh, let's get on to that game then, um, because that was the, that's the best game of the tournament so far, wasn't it? Scotland, oh, yeah, Scotland, France. I would say it's the best twenty minutes of the tournament so far. Oh, but the game, the the, the power the, shift, the towards, yeah. the towards, towards Scotland, and the tension, yeah. Oh, France's first 20 minutes was... Sensational. Was brilliant. Teddy Thomas suddenly looks like a proper player again. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing, he, he's isn't he? Brilliant. He's brilliant. He's only 24. What? He's only 24. Those those two players, those two centres were superb. Uh, Boxies had good moments and bad moments. Yeah. Uh, the depth of scrum halves that France have as well is... Ludicrous. Is incredible. It really yeah. is. Uh, on the on the box seats, one of my favourite moments was when he used his Jedi powers. Did you notice that bit? Like the, no. it just seemed to sort of 
I think a Scottish player must have nudged it with their foot, but on the television it just looks like he put out his hand and the ball just... He sucked the ball towards him <laughs> through midair. Um, hey, so that's why they've picked him. He's amazing. Um, I keep saying that. I've said that about a few, a few players today. But he really is. I tell you, the other guy I love is Chavonsi. Yeah. Um, is that the... Hang on. Let me get that right. Chavonsi's the third the thirteen. No, scrap that. Demiru. Uh No, sorry. Chavonsi was last week's 12. Lamarat was this week's 13. Damaru. Damaru is the guy Dum- that I like. Dumaru. Dumaru. I just love how he runs. I, he runs like he intends to go through that ha- through, through that gap come hell or high water. And Gerardo's just doesn't deserve to be on a losing team all the time. Yeah. He, the man's a hero. Tell you what, they're, they're, he, he's brilliant. They're two scores away from being unbeaten. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Sexton being who he is, um, you know, effectively cost, cost them the first game. Yeah. And they were in it right until the end. So. But again, if, if, if France want to take it... Uh, Control of what they can control. They their discipline is absolutely awful. Yes, yeah, and it was awful in the um, in the island game as well. Yeah, I thought um, less less Varmahina would have sorted that. And their their conditioning seems to be an issue as well. well, I don't know. Is there any? Is is that true? I don't know. Well, you just look at it and go. They looked that they had as the game wore on. They just get less. You just think they're less and less likely to win. Yeah, other teams get on. Top. Yeah, I I felt watching that they weren't fit enough to play how they wanted to play. I kind so of they, they could play that for twenty minutes, half an hour, yeah. and then they dropped off. And they did a little bit in the second half, but n- not to the same extent. So shockingly, and this is shocking, I think France's fragility is all mental. And I say that because against Ireland, fitness wasn't a problem. They were tackling, tackling the, tackling their little hearts out. I think when they go behind and they can't attack in the way that they thought they could, that's when their heads go down. And they start to look a little bit lethargic. The actual fitness itself doesn't seem to be as much of a problem as I thought it would be with the Ireland match in mind. Oh, I, I think it is. I think trying to play that expansive, offloading, attacking game is far more draining than. The defensive position, mm. uh, particularly the way that Ireland were playing when it was all one-out rugby. Yeah, it's it's easier to defend. It's much less draining to defend that. Um, so we've spoke about France. Let's talk about Scotland because because well, they started so badly. Yeah, yeah, they did. And seen those two tries. The man of the match, I Gregor Townsend. We oh, we Gregor Townsend. we Greg. Greg Greg Laidlaw. Greg Laidlaw. Um, he got well, he got man of the match, but I'm not entirely sure he deserved it. Oh, I thought he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, no, yeah. he did. And and what a difference a week makes. Ali Price is a excellent player um, and has been really good at club level. Is untested, hasn't had a lot of time at international level, and the difference just a, a cool, calm head makes in a key position. I'm so first twenty. Uh, there's one breakdown where. Gregor, Gregor Townsend, what the hell? Greg, Greg, <laughs> it's late. Greg Laidlaw, right, just looks at this ruck and he carries on looking at it over and over again. Does not pick up the ball. Eventually, France, you know, catch her breath, go through, uh, sorry, through the ruck, pick, pick up the ball. Obviously, he's at fault for one of the tries. He just should have dived on the ball. And I thought he made quite a few mistakes, particularly early on. His kicking was good, of course, and later on he grew into the game, but... I, w- I wasn't so, completely convinced. In the fly, so, yeah, uh, fly half as well. Yeah, if you cite a couple of mistakes, which he did make, but mm. in international rugby, everyone's going to make, make mistakes. But just on his kicking alone, he could have been man of the match. Uh, his kicking was exceptional, mm. and his kicking won them the game. But he did more than that. Uh, mm. 
some of his distribution was excellent. For, his assist for the uh, Hugh Jones try was excellent. He's a some, big, some he's of a his, big old boy. Isn't some he? of his kicking out of hand was brilliant, yeah. and very importantly, when Finn Russell was a bit all over the place, he really was. He went he went to ten for the last ten minutes, and that was when Scotland took the lead. I, I wonder so, if he's better suited to that ten role because that's where he started his career. Do you reckon Racing are going to want a bit of a, a, a refund on Finn Russell? No. I th- it was hard to work out what was dodgier, Finn Russell's performance or Dave Denton's hair. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think um, Racing are fully signed up to the Finn Russell show because uh, isn't that not what they like? Moody, erratic tens. I mean, <laughs> this should be a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, it should be. I mean, <laughs> Jack tweeted us at Rugby Podcast. Oh, said- yeah, Jack. As in, um, as in Twitter's Jack, yeah? At Jack. Uh, oh, I don't know if it was that Jack. His oh, name's right. Jack. Uh, is Finn Russell the biggest Warren Gatlin vindication for the Lions? As in, you know, there was a big eyebrows raised and question marks with him not going. Um, and launch be the biggest shout as a mistake. Uh, again, I don't, I, uh, you, one, I don't think you can yeah, pick, pick, sing, pick on one performance. But, single game. But Finn Russell does have... He doesn't have that le- that consistent level of performance. He's incredible, and he and he has the capacity as he was today or yesterday. Um, he can have an absolute howler. Yeah, he can. Um, there's it. Uh, what Gatland? Uh, don't know. No, it, it doesn't help that they don't have another option. Yeah, Gatland can do what he wants because he's Warren Gatland. He's the greatest, probably one of the greatest rugby minds of a generation. He does what he wants. Finn Russell is erratic. That's what that's what you get. Probably on his day when he's going forward, he's as, he's as good as anyone. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, two erratic tens though make for a very entertaining game. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, they, very they, entertaining. They were kind of like mirror yeah. images of each other. <laughs> <laughs> they were. Yeah. Uh, if you've not seen the Lionel Boxis volley in midair against Bath, please go and watch it because it's just so glorious. Volley in midair. Have you not seen it? I'm trying to think. The, the clearance volley. Uh, I can't recall it. All right. I, I I can remember his control in the ball. Ah, so that's against Bath as well. Was it? So one week he's playing fullback and the ball is in the air. And instead of catching it like you know you would do, he basically just volleys it up oh. and catches it. Right. Oh, sorry. If you then look at the next, the return fixture against Bath in the same competition, uh, the scrum half is at the back of a mall or back of a ruck, fires the ball towards him underneath his own posts. Does he catch it? No. He goes to volley it straight away. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Lionel Boxy's fail kick versus Bath. It's so good. It's so... I've never seen anything like it. Is it that one? Yeah, it's amazing. Isn't it, it like he's standing back in the um, the position of like a, a, an NFL punter? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think Alan Rowlands is the referee there. He's like, I've never seen anything like that. Referees don't look like that anymore, do they? Sadly not. Remember when referees are all grey and old? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, come on, I want to see the actual fail kick. It's amazing. Show me this. No, you've got to go forward a bit. Because they should... Hey, oh, you just missed it. It's all right, I got it, got it, got it. Here you go, watch this. Mine! <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. 
<laughs> so the, the scrum half. Do you know what? Actually, I'm going to stick up for boxes. He identified the fact that the scrum half had passed such a horrible looping pass to him that by the time he got to him, there were already two Bath players on him. <laughs> Yeah. So he thought, I'm not going to have time to catch this and kick. I need to just kick it, but <laughs> completely I, I, air I just, kicked it. I wonder, like, when he was swinging that ball and he thinks, if I connect with this sweetly, what is going to happen? I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, are the, what are the positive outcomes? <laughs> oh. uh, Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Uh, sorry, Phil, have you seen this? Uh... No. There you are. Enjoy it. What is it? It's my Hawaii Harlequins Cup. Uh, now, oh, when nice. they tweeted us saying, I hope, you, uh, I hope you boys enjoyed your tankards, they said tankards. Oh, I don't know why they said tankards, because if there was more than one, you'd obviously have one. Right. Um, awesome. So that's one third yours anyway, Phil. So uh, come, yeah, come round on <laughs> Mondays, Thursdays and well, Friday afternoons. Yeah, we'll do weekly, weekly rotations for it. I think I might slice off my third, melt it down and create a, a <laughs> much smaller tankard for me. <laughs> It's cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's very cool. Um, Just before we finish on this game, one other point. Uh, Paul O'Connell. So, I like Paul O'Connell. I actually really like Paul O'Connell as a pundit. I like him. I like the fact he talks in slow motion so you can really digest what he's saying. Very slow. He says what he means, he means what he says. There's times where he gets a bit distracted. Like the John Lacey uh, lives around the corner from me comment. He's got a nice hedge. His comment on John Lacey, the only thing was he's a good Munsterman. He lives around the corner from me. He lives around the corner from me. He's got a nice hedge. I, I you know, paint the picture. Yeah, really. Oh, okay. Brilliant then. That yeah, okay. Good monsterman. But but uh, just a, a little shout for Jamie Batty, the cow murderer. Um, no cow massacre expert. Cow massacre expert. Yeah. Dave Denton was actually really good. Didn't expect to see him in a Scotland hey, Dave, shirt. Dave Denton's a good player. Yeah. When he does have to, doesn't have to think about things. He's very. Yeah. You know, he's, he's physically gifted. He's, he's oh, as strong as an ox. He's enormous. He's quick and he's very very strong. Yeah. He's just yeah. He's not got the full all round thinking game I don't think. maybe maybe he is one of these guys who is just maybe too good <laughs> P- to be any good PSB syndrome yeah yeah I'm too talented why should, why, why should I work hard exactly but Scotland needed that because they could have been staring down a staring down the barrel at a pretty horrible Six Nations um, if if that hadn't gone their way yeah do you think Scotland yeah. can, bo- can bother England yeah at, at Murrayfield yes oh, at Twickenham sure no either. I think they'd get battered at, Twick- at Twickenham but um I think yeah, they could. I mean, we were watching the Australia game, weren't we? In a uh, in Nice, hard life. Yeah. And um, 
we were, we were watching that and we are thinking the England-Scotland game this year is going to be one of the great games. But because of the slight disappointment of the Scotland-Wales game, yeah. from the Scottish point of view, it's was, kind of dampened it. I was expecting that to be one of the great games, Scotland-Wales. But uh, were we? Yeah, as in two, t- yeah, two teams so. that want to play rugby, open yeah. attacking rugby, and I thought Scotland had a real chance of... of Turning them over. Yeah, so downfall twenty eighteen was predicated on Scotland winning, yeah, which I just think is a distant dream now, uh, and Ireland winning. But I think France could beat them. Uh, France is a very t- yeah. Scotland and France away. That's they're yeah. Tough. They, they, they are. Not it didn't seem it didn't seem tough when the fixtures no, first came out. I, yeah. I expect England to grind out wins, but they're, they're, it's not a given. Mm. Yeah. Well, that is one of the positives. I know we've done the England game. One of the positives that Eddie Jones said himself was. Like good teams win when they don't play their best. Mm. Um, yes, I completely agree. Now, do we want to talk about Ireland? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but before we do, I just want to l- let people know that you may not be aware, but uh, Rugby World Cup 2019 tickets are available for to enter, register yourself for the ballot for mm. tickets. Uh, does it now. not close? Tomorrow, yeah. Now, some of those ballot tickets close for tomorrow, so I think that's the ones where it's like team and stadium packs. So you could either base yourself at one stadium if you wanted to and get a bunch of tickets for one stadium, or equally, you could you could bag your you could put yourself in to get every game for one particular team if you wanted to follow one team around Japan, your team, let's say. So, oh, um, so are you going to go? Are you just going to be a boring old England supporter? Are you going to do something? Oh no! I think I would. It would. I'm. 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 I'm contemplating various ways that I'm going to. Are you going to take two teams? As in me? Yeah. As in obviously, yeah. It's hard not to support England when they if if they were to get to a final or something like that. But oh yeah, um, you know, a, a tier two, a tier two team maybe. Oh well, well the the, um, the the blossoms, um, all the all over blossoms. them. The, yeah. So I'm all over. Blossoms. I'm going to be all all over USA, of course. I mean, it's important to me that freedom wins. <laughs> so, USA is good because they're in England's group, so you'd get England, yeah. uh, France, Argentina, and Tonga. Have you got a tier two nation for the, for the World Cup? USA sounds good to me. Uh, Ge- I want to see Georgia do well. Georgia would be good. Spain, if Spain make it, if Spain make so it, so Spain st- who still be- got a chance at making it, who beat Russia this weekend. Yep, um, in Russia. Very important. Well, one. I mean, I tell you who might be, probably, got a chance. Who you probably can't support is Canada because they, they still have a chance, don't they? Re, uh, through the repechage. Rep- I hate that word. <laughs> um, yes, because they lost to USA this this weekend, hmm. so they're on the at the back of three game losing streak now. Yeah, at least yeah, three games in the last there three is, weeks. Someone has got to answer some questions regarding Canada rugby because not so long ago. They were the emerging power in in uh, in rugby. It's fairly widely played. They very nearly beat Wales at one point. Yeah. I seem to remember in, in so, the Arms Park. And they're just not developing. They've been overtaken Millennium by Stadium, whatever. By all of the um, well, not all of the other Amer- uh, America's nations, but the the American nations are improving rapidly, with the exception of Canada. And people are not particularly happy about it. Hmm. Well, rugby world uh, rugbyworldcup dot com. If you're interested in tickets for the rugby world cup in Japan, the ballots one of the ballots is closing imminently, and there are other ways to get tickets. But all the information is right there, so you, I just we don't don't you to miss out. So just giving you a heads up on that one. Uh, 
Right, so... Ireland, you... Italy. Oh, yeah, of course, we would have thought... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ireland won a game. I mean, they won a game, they did it well. They scored a lot, a lot of tries. I'm not sure what I learned about Ireland from this game. Um, yeah, good ex- good execution. We, I think we probably learned more about Italy than we did about yeah. Ireland. Um, well, I, 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 Ireland, played, Ireland, Ireland played very well. There's one little parallel, which... Um, so there's there's been loads of people saying, oh, Rob Carney's, you know, he's maybe a bit long in the tooth now. Maybe they need to look to the future, pick Jordan Lama. There's a lot of... There's, and it is Lama. We had this on the last podcast. It's not Lamore, it's Lama. Anyway. Is it? Yeah. Um, I thought it was because I said Lamore as a, as, as a joke. <laughs> That's Lamore. That's Lamore. Right. So, no, no, it's not Lamore. No, no, it's Lamore. Cool. It's Lama. Lama, like suit of armour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but equally, there's a lot. Of, there has been a lot of people saying, um, oh, Mike Brown, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, if you want to put in Lama or you want to put in Anthony Watson, fullback or whatever, you've got to drop. In England's case, Mike Brown. In Ireland's case, you've got to drop Rob Carney, who's got how many seventy Test caps, ah, ah, outstanding player, and, and that, very solid, incredibly solid, and just just battle hardened men. I, I just I like what Ireland are about with the number of caps they've got, much like England, the number of caps they've got, but they're also introducing gradually these these new faces. Yeah, yeah. Um, go on, Jay. What you got? Um, yeah, so. One of the um, oh, on. one of the advantages of just going on the beers with um, with one of you two for a weekend is you start talking about stupid things, and I think there's something in this idea. You mentioned caps for Rob Carney. When do caps become too many caps? As in physic physically having caps. Yeah, as in when does a team reach its tipping point when too many caps oh, becomes? Right. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to be like. Well, you can only wear one at once. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you go start strapping them to your knees and elbows, you can wear. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cut not that. shoulder pads. So we gave the example of the South Africa team, which was fa- highly rated because it had almost, I think, more caps than any other team in international history in 2015. Yeah, this is, and they got beat by Japan, and that's because they were probably getting a bit older. You could say yes. Um, so when do t- when do caps become too many caps, and when does a player kind of go past that balance? And maybe you know, is seventy caps perfect? <sighs> I say each player is different. Mm. Um, each position is different. As well. Yeah, each position, and it depends when you first get capped because it's probably more. It's probably more age. There is there is going to be a tipping point when you. But definitely for the teams, it makes sense when you start depreciating in terms of physical performance. Mm. Um, Unless you're like Justin, Justin Gatlin, and you're just juiced up to the max all the time. Mm, that's what I would do. And still running PBs at 34. Good lad. Uh, do you remember when, um, during the last Olympics, Justin Gatlin was running, and uh, the commentator on the radio said, uh, called him Warren Gatland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Gatlin, Warren Gatland. On, Warren 10.4 for Warren Gatland. <laughs> His heels are much better. <laughs> Shattered heels. Um, yeah, there is definitely a tipping point. It's interesting because I think... So, Ireland have managed it. Probably the player I'm thinking of, Heeslip, who was number, yeah. number eight for such a long period of time and isn't there now. He's still... Uh, that's out of, that's because of injury, but he and he will be back. But even um, when he is back, do you think he'll be back for no, Ireland? No, no, I, I don't. I don't know. Conan yet. I don't know about that. Player. Yeah, Conan. Well, Conan's very good. And it, CJ Stander is is so good. I mean, he might make he might make a squad, squad for yeah. a World Cup. 
Well, let's see how he goes for Leinster when he returns. I mean, that'll be that'll be the giveaway. So, key takeaways from this game for me. Uh, Ireland. They, this is um, Jordan Lama. Yeah, that's his new song. By the way, his his footwork is ridiculous, as we talked yeah, about before. We saw a glimpse of it this weekend. Um, Sorry, Phil. Yeah. No, no, you can do that. Mate, I'm all for that. <laughs> Key takeaways. Ireland, Ireland did exactly what they had to. Conor Murray... Conor, well, the whole back line looked very good. Jack Conan looked very good coming in. Um, Stockers finished his tries very well. One Island fan has taken umbrage with us saying Stockers, by the way. Really? To which I said, no, sorry. Dales? It's the same. It's like it's Daily? Sippers, Banners. Banners, Stockers. It's just yeah. what you're getting. Exactly. What, what, what's he saying? Don't they just, they, what is she actually? She just said, oh, I, please don't call him Stockers. <laughs> I hate you calling him Stockers. It's such a term of affection, though. It is. That's I'm, what I mean. I'm one of his biggest fans. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Stockdale. Young Jacob. Uh, took his tries brilliantly. I think probably the most important thing we can learn about Ireland from this game is the two injuries. Henshaw, who looks like it's a bad arm shoulder injury after scoring his second try, yeah. and um, the furlong injury. Mm. Now, we've not got any news on how bad those two are, but Didn't they're, good. they're two key players. They're two real key players. And so the Henshaw is even more key if Ringrose is still out, which I believe he will be. Yep. Because um, you've not got a direct uh, thirteen to go in there, then unless you you can use one of the the younger uh, monster lads, or you could use um, and Ma- just, Marshall or Cave or someone like that. But the, the, McCloskey at twelve and Bundyaki out to thirteen. Yeah, they just don't fancy. It's a bit of a square peg round hole, yeah. and they just don't fancy McCloskey either. I think that's pretty obvious by now. Oh, and that sorry. that probably we spoke last week about the limitations of not having a ball playing twelve, and that's. You're even further down the road into not having a ball playing twelve, and if you take that route, yeah, you need something. Yeah, uh, other, other other takeaways. Well, they do have a, a lot of ability to to chop and change players. Connor Murray made a great line out jumper um, <laughs> this weekend, and I, also I, I miss d- that. Just want to mention um, Sergio Parise's one-handed line out throw was awesome. He took a quick line out, but he did this amazing underarm. Fizzed spiral throw. It was probably about the the one good thing he did the whole game. It was an oddly <laughs> quiet game for Parisi. He got that assist with the the bounce pass assist. Yes, that's right. Yeah, but apart from that, nothing the, really. But the, the, what I one th- bit that I thought was great. We talked about uh, Wonderhill's try saving tackle. Keith Earls in the final minute of the game when they were fifty six nineteen up. Yeah, gassing it back. Yeah, seventy meters. That the, the, the the effort still when the game was lo- already been won many many times ago and no one would have known if he hadn't gone for it as hard as he did yeah. he's he goes, having a he, good tournament as well he, he's playing really well at the moment Keith Hills yeah he's justified in his selection um, and the the Italian player I'm most enjoying uh, Minozzi yeah the tiny fullback mm. he is electric Italy have got a few very good players we mentioned them last week they, I just worry about their depth and the the quality across the board, and particularly as they pick up injuries throughout the tournament. Know, when was their last Six Nations win? In Scotland, two or three years ago. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Scotland. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, and it was it was at Murrayfield as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. their strategy of like 
tiring out the opponents by letting them score loads of tries <laughs> seems to be working because they, they got three late tries themselves didn't they yeah rupert dope trick yeah. it's getting the game there <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah it's hard to know what to learn out of the the, the italy performances um yeah but now, but now we've seen every team play a couple of times yeah i am more worried about france going to france than i was yeah i'm way more worried about france than i ever thought i would be yes as well agreed yeah, and they've lost two games, which is remarkable. Hey, oh, in terms of international rugby, have you seen the the dates have been confirmed for the autumn internationals? Week three is the one you need to look at. Week three, tenth of November, England versus New Zealand. Wow, interesting. It's in the diary. Interesting. Yes, that, yeah, that's yeah. that's quite exciting. Yeah, it's happening. This is not a drill. Um. So well, there might be other things we, we, we can pick the boat. Normally we keep an absolute hard black and white line between Six Nations podcast and the domestic podcast. We will be back for a domestic podcast, but uh, we might get some injury news and there might be some other things that you boys can remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when we've had a few hours sleep. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think at this point, at the time, one fifty seven am Yes. We should uh, we should go and uh, get some sleep. Oh, four four hours until my alarm. Let the boys sleep. Ugh. Yes. <sighs> oh no, not yet. Give not- me the tier two results, please. Oh, I've just shut that page down. Uh, so as we know, so, Spain, Spain beat Russia in Russia in Russia twenty thirteen. Controversial. Uh, Georgia beat Belgium something like forty seven nil. So here's a question: How many Belgians died that day? <laughs> I think I think it was. It was so it was forty seven nil. Uh I think it was just seven penalty tries. Yes. About wow. that. <laughs> uh, and then uh Romania hammered Germany. So Romania lost to Germany surprisingly last year, but they hammered them this year. Yeah, Eight, there is six three or something like that. Not particularly good going on in Germany at the moment. There was a Facebook post on their um on their um what do you call it, Facebook page and it's about player player engagement. It, it, it's not a happy camp, which is a shame because they were doing very, very well in Solent. And they've got the best kit, one of the best kits in international uh, they rugby. They did have one of the best kits in international rugby. They've gone from Adidas to Macron now. Oh, why? So it's, well, it's still nice. But yeah. Macron are better than they were. The picture I saw with... So it was the Romania-Germany. Don't Well, don't worry about it because they didn't look too bad in this picture because of the Romanian kit, which is horrendous. It's a Mizuno shirt with the... So it's all yellow, apart from the top, from the shoulders to the lower pectorals is like the Romanian flag. Yes, yeah, it's, it's horrific. Uh, so leading the clubhouse comfortably with their kit in Tier 2 now is uh, Georgia. Yeah. Oh, that, that. especially their... It's a great oh, yeah. kit. Yeah, the white and gold. Although Russia had one of the great kits. <clears throat> oh, I've just looked at the Romania kit. That is horrible. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh. it's not good, is it? No, that's bad. R- Russia had an amazing red kit. In fact, you own, you own it. I own it, yeah. We should put it up in the dungeon somewhere. No, I quite like wearing that. I one. think we should put it up in the dungeon. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, now you, can, now you can do whatever you want to do. I want to go to bed. Yeah, let's, let me go to bed. Let's go to bed. Let the boys sleep. All right, right and- hit subscribe and keep your ears and eyes out for a domestic podcast coming here soon. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.